other 20% of the cases, even this most recent report to the Pentagon from the predecessor to Arrow, whatever that name of that organization was last year, they said they couldn't explain the vast majority. Was it 146 out of 147 UAP cases? And they're just looking at the tip of the iceberg in the most recent years. They're not going back to Roswell. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't know. Planes that they're building. Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. Um, I'm flying solo today, actually. This is kind of a, a bucket episode a bit. Um, got some uh, family things going on, some baby things going on, so uh, we're going to throw this out there so you guys have a have a placard this weekend. But if you remember, and if you're an avid listener, uh, we put out part one with uh, Dr. Simeon Hine a couple weeks ago, and uh, the guy was amazing, phenomenal what he did, uh, how he presented things. Um, Josh and I just cannot get enough of them. So with further ado, uh, this will be part two, Dr. Simeon Hine. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Open the gates. Right. It's just too... And even pre-Roswell, you know? I mean, there's been story... And people miss that. They think, you know, and yeah, 47 was a huge thing when you talk, you know, to weirdos like us in in the the whole UFO realm. You know, it was Arnold that saw, you know, the UFOs on Mount Rainier, and then, it, you know, Roswell accumulated. Alamo was soon after that. Um, But there's been sightings way before that. And and I, you know, when you talk about these these fringes, you talk cryptids, for example, it it baffles me where you have a society from, for, you know, a thousand years ago that knew something that didn't have contact at all with another culture in another continent, but they match. The stories you're talking about, they match. There's something they match. There. And I think Dave Polites has done an excellent job of looking at the historical cases of cryptids and mm-hmm. Bigfoot mm-hmm. in his uh, analysis of newspaper articles going back to the 1800s in our wow. country here. Yeah. And it's the same. That's not even to mention the Native American accounts. Exactly. But this is within our own culture, within our own newspapers that we accept as real and mm-hmm. factual, evidential. Yeah. And you listen to those encounters. Sure, they may have called them wild men or escaped gorillas, Mm -hmm. but we know what they're talking about. They describe the same smell, the same size, the same howling and shrieking and the same behavior around humans, which can range from, you know, just innocuous and curious to homicidal. Yeah, it's the same sort of range of behaviors. And I don't know how you can look at that and not conclude. They're talking about the same thing that people are experiencing now. They they are. uh, Yes. I was just going to say, speaking of commonalities, like, is there something that typically happens right before a Bigfoot encounter? Like, uh, is there is there something that kind of like binds all of these together? You know what I mean? Like uh, that that solidifies that uh, 
that well, inkling I, that we get that it's all kind of the same, you know? No, I think, obviously, I think so. Because when you get these reports of that silence that happens in the area where even the crickets stop chirping. Right. Uh, crickets are not afraid of things. They're just very good at being silent when you walk pretty close to them. It's a, their own acoustic camouflage. They're not afraid of Bigfoot. The fact that that's happened, you get the silence, you get that, this sort of feeling like something's wrong, something's off. A lot of witnesses report this. Yeah, I think they to call me, it the Oz effect or something like that. The Oz effect. That's a nice thing for it. So I wrote about that in Dark Matter Monsters. To me, my interpretation, and again, I'm happy to be proved wrong. I think the reason that happens is when you're around other states of matter, coherent matter, even in the laboratory, it's known to change temperature. Uh, how often have you heard about these Bigfoot reports where people say it got suddenly cold? Mm-hmm. That or UFO? I've talked to witnesses. They said it just it was July and all of a sudden it got cold. Yeah, Hunting I also. think it's the same effect. It's a t- coherent matter is known for sucking heat out of the environment. Also, haunted sites. Haunted, yes. It's another state of matter, and it can change the temperature really quickly because you're talking about matter where all the particles are at the same frequency and temperature and they can now collapse into one sort of macroscopic quantum waveform mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and become like they have this ability to morph and change and transmute in ways that ordinary matter doesn't and that is known to create temperature changes and others other really odd effects i saw it around the crop circles going over there with cameras and batteries mm-hmm. Unending amounts of battery and camera failure right in uh, crop circles, having your camera not be able to focus. Right. I was always puzzled by it. But when I heard from witnesses, some of whom I spoke to in Colorado, said the same thing happened around Bigfoot. You know, you can imagine for a year or something, how could a crop circle create the same effect as a Bigfoot as a UFO? Yeah. As an orb. And then, wow. you know, Einstein kicks in in your brain. He was a big fan of simplification. Mm-hmm. Not too much, but a reasonable uh, amount uh, of simplification. Enough. Right, right. Yeah. He would say, unless you can show me that these are different phenomena, I'm going to say they're all the same thing, which is how you end up with relativity theory. You know, there's a principle of equivalence. This is what Einstein said. There's no difference between you feeling acceleration in an elevator and gravity. And he made this big connection, and we call it general relativity theory. He said they're the same thing, acceleration, gravity, right? And and people like you and me, we're still like, that's a wow. How is that? But that's what physics tells us. I'm making the same argument with these paranormal phenomena. If you get the same temperature changes and you get the same battery and camera failure and time slips, maybe you've had friends talk to people. Yep, time slips. Time slips, yep. space time. This is an outcome of relativity theory, too, guys. I'm, this is my next YouTube video is going to be about this. I'm taking an Einsteinian position here, and you don't have to agree with me, and you could try to prove me. I'm happy to be proved wrong. But unless you can show me that these are different phenomena, I'm going to say that Bigfoot orbs, UFOs, time slips, and ghosts are based on the same type of matter, another state of matter, mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. symptoms are all the same. Right. Uh, if it's not that, then someone has to show me what oh it is, because God, is so when simplified. you watch the show History of Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, we've we've, uh, we've visited it. We've been up Marley there. Marley yeah. Woods in Missouri. It's all the same thing. I listened mm. to Ted Phillips give this presentation. He's no longer with us. Fantastic researcher. Ozark Mountain UFO Conference, right? 
he talked about these orbs, the gravitational effects as these orbs would come over like picnic benches and they'd be lifting off the ground. And you hear these reports of Bigfoot gliding over the forest. I've never heard that. Yeah, you read it. It, it was in one of these. Okay. Going back to WSU, there was a guy, Grover Krantz. He was in the same building I was in as I was a graduate student at WSU in Pullman. Shane, you probably okay, heard okay. of Grover yeah, Krantz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His son lives in Spokane, and he just came out with a book. I haven't read it yet about Grover Krantz and the Blue Mountains south of you in the direction of Oregon. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yep. South of Lewiston-Clarkston, like towards Walla Walla. Even if you go into that book, Bigfoot of the Blues by Vance Orchard, who was a regular mainstream journalist based in Walla Walla and wrote a book, which is very hard to get now, about Grover Krantz at WSU and all the witnesses in Walla Walla. They reported Bigfoot gliding over the forest. And this is every you read these accounts and it's just gliding, gliding, gliding. You get this with Dogman. You get this with other cryptids. People said it was as if they were floating over the forest floor. I'm just going to make the argument that that is the same anti-gravitational effect you get around cold fusion, low energy nuclear reaction and stuff that Tesla worked with. I, I'm not saying that these are lab experiments. I'm saying this is how nature really works. Yeah, is yeah. When you get to this condensed matter state, it changes. It, it's called electronuclear collapse. It changes gravity. It's a literally a collapse of the atomic structure as we know about it. And it changes gravitational uh, forces in that area temporarily or maybe for longer periods of time. It also creates another effect. Here's another one. You guys are probably familiar with this. Magnetization of non-magnetic materials. Yes. That goes back to Paul Dirac and magnetic monopoles. Paul Dirac, who everyone said was one of the best physicists in history. Einstein said he was just brilliant. Einstein loved Paul Dirac. Uh, Dirac argued that there had to be a type of magnetism, which isn't the one that we experience. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sure if it was real, but I, a lot of people believe that this type of magnetization that you get from UFOs being over trees, the wood is temporarily magnetized. If an orb or a ball of light, which is a type of coherent matter, and it's ionizing the oxygen around it, which is why it's glowing. If that passes within pretty close to you, like a couple inches it's going to magnetize a lot of the stuff on your body temporarily. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what Paul Dirac called magnetic monopoles. The connections are too strong for me to ignore my explanation of it. And again, uh, this is the way I look at it based on the physics that we know from the past hundred years and what witnesses report around cryptids and other phenomena, the temporary magnetization. I even heard a report from someone I know in Texas a psychiatrist who's treated a lot of patients who've seen cryptids. He told me about a report of one of them said their, their car stalled and they all, all something came out of this, uh, this river right next to them. And they said, it looked like a dog on two legs with a huge dog head. It was about seven feet tall. And it was like, sort of like a cross between a human and a wolf on two legs and the car stalled. Now, you and I know what we call this, but a lot of people have never heard about Dogman. I hadn't yeah. heard about it a mm-hmm. couple of years mm-hmm. ago. But why would something like that cause your car to stall, just like we've heard around Bigfoot? I haven't heard it around other cryptids, but I'm sure these things exist. Unless we're talking about the same type of magnetic monopole physics, which is known to cause battery failure and electronic Well, it's failure. the same thing with um, UFOs. Yeah. A big, you know, a lot of car stalls around UFOs. Everything blacks out. Exactly. Same anomaly. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, at least for me, Josh, I don't know about you, but 
I, I've I've never heard the magnetic anomaly associated with cryptos necessarily, but I mean it's interesting. Like you said, it's all why can't it be in the same ecosystem? You know, I mean, really, it's the most simple explanation at the end of the end of the day. So, well, like I, I've always thought that they were all related. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and that it, it's all kind of part of the same like situation you know uh like i read some books by john keel and he talks about the uh super spectrum and that's kind of his unified theory of of supernatural paranormal type stuff right where uh there's just things operating on spectrums that are outside of our human perceptions both like uh he he's talking about it more in like an electromagnetic kind of sense right but uh um he has a lot of of stories that he, he talks about a lot of anecdotes where people see big hairy monsters and it does stall their car. Like they get a little bit away. Like the monster goes away, the car starts up again, they start going and then it comes back and the car stops again, Mm. uh, situations like that. Um, and, and that it was a a pretty common thing in a lot of the encounters that he documented as far as uh, what he liked to refer to them as big hairy monsters. I don't think people called them cryptids back then, but, uh, Um, but it wasn't just Bigfoot. It was all sorts of, uh, of different kinds of, of entities that people would run into, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and first of all, so Simeon, real quick, how are we on time? Are you still okay for a little bit? Cause this is, yeah, no, this is, this fascinating. is a great conversation guys. I really think we're getting to the heart of what's going on here. And I think in an hour we've covered a lot. Yeah. I, we've covered you know, a lot. Well, you've covered a lot. We've just been shaking our head like, uh, it, it's amazing. So well, you guys are open to listening to it. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, ab- absolutely. I mean, this is, this is why we love doing this really. You know, I mean, the books we read and the research we do and the people we talk about, I do want to help paint a picture, I guess, on something, and, and I guess more define the two. What you're talking about, and, and again, how you put things into context really makes sense. One of the things that, that we, you know, Josh and I and, and other people in our group talk back and forth when we discuss cryptids, we discuss uh, ghosts, whatever have you, there are that we discuss that is, is there possible that it's another dimension, another envelope around us? How, and, and again, I, hopefully, I don't know if I'm praising this right way. Another dimension versus anomalies and what you're discussing of, they're not the same, right? I mean, this is totally different. Well, and so I don't know. what work, Walk through that because I, I mean, that's only No, that is that a we've... good question. Uh, no, I, I think parallel realities is the best explanation for this. It's the simplest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when people considered the heliocentric theory as an alternative to all these little epicycles. You know, they had these schemes to make the planets, the so-called retrograde motion. Mm -hmm. And they were like on these little mini orbits and deference and equants. And they had all these ways and it worked mathematically, but it was really complex. The heliocentric model was a super shock to society, medieval society. Mm-hmm. which just listened to the church and Aristotle and said, no, we're the center that we're the center of, center God's of the attention. universe, That's all it. that bullshit. Yeah. 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 And all of a sudden we're just one planet going around the sun. Yeah. And we're not special. I, I mean, I that get it. A, it's weird. I, I mean, especially back then. I mean, I would be, it would be fuck? weird. You know? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And all of a sudden our special status in the universe was taken away of being the main planet, right? The center, everything. But what we're not as important as we thought we were, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's the main obstacle to imagining parallel realities which is our ego but i think very true we have different bands of radio i grew up building kits 
radio kits from Radio Shack and Heathkit as a kid. I know about different spectrums and radio bands, and and there are different stations on mm-hmm. different frequencies. Just because you're listening to one frequency doesn't mean the other frequencies aren't there. Right. You could get bleed through when you hear that other station on AM bleeding through. So, you know, you get they made FM so that you had that capture effect. And our reality is more like that capture effect where it's very convincing that this is the only reality. I just can't believe we are the only reality. It's not consistent with the history of science. The history of science shows us everything is bigger than you thought it was. And, and even the James Webb telescope out there is discovering new exoplanets. Oh, it's, all it's the amazing. Time. It's amazing what, what we're it's amazing. coming off that. Yeah. So just looking at the extension of the history of science in the past 500 years, it has to go in that direction where it's bigger than you thought. And there are some very good physics models. They're just models at this point. One of them is called the Many Interacting Worlds Model from physicists Howard Wiseman, uh, Deckard and Hall Wiseman's at the University of Adelaide in Australia. And in this interview, they said, we believe we're interacting with other worlds, but we, hmm. we're not qualified to say what that interaction would look like. But our model says that quantum mechanics can be reproduced just by modeling lots of parallel realities next to each other with a sort of pressure model. And they're all pushing in the one, which is the strongest is what emerges in your reality, mm-hmm. which is your common experience. But they said there are other ones out there that could be very different from our earth, our reality that we experience. But our model is totally consistent with quantum mechanics and it works. So it's just as easy to say there's our reality governed by quantum mechanics, or you could say there's lots of parallel realities that reproduce the quantum wave function from like a resonant pressure effect. If you know anything about acoustics and I play guitar, you know, you play notes, they're harmonics. Even in radio, you get these different harmonics yeah, right. coming out of a signal and you're trying to tune into the main one. So the many interacting worlds model says that we're surrounded by a finite, but huge number of parallel realities that are most are similar to ours, but some are very different. And this seems to me consistent with our experience. Uh, there was an earlier version of parallel realities by Hugh Everett, the third at Princeton that he created in 1957 called the many uh, many worlds interpretation. That's what people called it later, where he proposed that our world is constantly splitting into parallel realities. And he, again, just got that from the Schrodinger wave function. Mm-hmm. He thought that was just a logical extension of quantum mechanics and the most mm-hmm. simple interpretation, not right. that your consciousness collapses the wave function, all that, which there's no evidence for that. It literally just is always splitting and you're splitting, but you don't see these other versions. That was his interpretation. The many interacting worlds model gets rid of the quantum wave function and it reproduces the quantum wave function from pressure between parallel realities. It's just very interesting. Now, these are just toy models, okay? But the fact that they work simulating the double slit experiment and quantum tunneling and other quantum effects, which everyone said, well, that proves that it has to be... The fact that you can get that without a wave function with parallel realities instead... Well, yeah. if it reproduces it mathematically, why why would you prefer the quantum traditional quantum model versus this? I mean, no one's saying that it actually works like this, but it's awfully strange that you get the same uh you get the same results in the double slit experiment, which even people, you know, have said that's the quintessential quantum experiment where a particle produces a wave mm-hmm. function shooting mm-hmm. them one at a time through a double slit uh apparatus. The fact that you can get the same result just with parallel realities model 
I think that says we should not discount this at all. I can't prove things are coming from parallel realities. But what I think is going on, and this is just Simeon's view of it, based Mm -hmm. on everything I've been able to research about this, when you get coherent matter forming orbs, ball lightning, and things like that, it changes what's called permittivity. Permittivity is ability of materials to resist an electrical field. Okay. It's the basis of special relativity theory. Normally, permittivity set to one in free space. And things like insulators of higher permittivity and resist electrical fields, like rubber and plastic and things that we think of as insulators. But super things, you know, are more conductive, like metals and going in the direction of superconductivity is lower and lower permittivity. All these so-called paranormal phenomena seem to have much lower permittivity, which puts them in the direction of superconduction. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, conducting electricity without heat and any resistance that we get in normal metals, which are more disordered. Right, because we always have resistance and a lot of what we, you know, yeah. Exactly. There's like a natural ability of reality to slow things down. And this is the reality that we think of everyday normal reality. But if you look into all the people that have studied coherent matter since Tesla, including Ken Shoulders, who worked at SRI and created microelectronics for the NSA, by the way, special access program at at Stanford Research Institute before remote viewing. And he later worked with Hal Pluto. He What he describes in this coherent matter, ball lightning, when you read his writings, and he passed away, unfortunately, uh, there's a danger to working with some of these experiments. They, they, they can create radiation uh, that can be carcinogenic. And so many of these people have gotten cancer. So I don't recommend people creating these devices and micro ball lightning in your home. You need shielding. It produced. They talked about this at Hunt for the Skin uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon about some of those oh, researchers from CIA yes, getting cancer. Yeah, yeah, Hello. Yeah, yeah I, I read that book. About this. Phenomenal book. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal book yeah. that documents. Yes, thanks for mm-hmm. thanks for mention. This is exactly what they're talking about in Skinwalkers, and these are people from DIA. Come on, this is Defense Intelligence Agency. These people don't yeah. mess around. They're telling us there are these orbs and cryptids and weird things out there. Uh, Ken Shoulders, when you read his language, guys, about just in the lab, this ball lightning, micro ball lightning, what he called exotic vacuum objects, has a lot of different names. He said it's almost like a ghostly organization, a black organization that you almost can't detect. It can change its shape. It can go into invisible modes. It doesn't couple into our reality. It's like they're in the room with you, but it's not coupled in because of the permittivity changes. When you look at all of that, it seems to me that that allows things from parallel realities to come through into our our reality. Because once you change permittivity, you're changing the structure of space-time, and it's like things can start coming through the wormhole. What gives our reality its consistency is the fact that things are kind of slowed down. There's a gravity. There's a sort of rate of change, magnetism, and electrical constants are constant, which mm-hmm, is why mm-hmm. our machines and technology work. We wouldn't be able to do this right now unless it was really constant. Right, right. But there are things that can make it less constant. And this is why your cars stop working around cryptids. And even in cold fusion linear experiments, by the way, they did that right at your university stall at University of uh, Utah, 89, Fleischmann and Pons. Mm-hmm. Those types of things change permittivity. And that's why you get the same battery and camera effects in the lab around those cold fusion experiments. These are, again, I'm just making the argument these are all related because of our experiential uh, knowledge of the the experiments and the 
what people experience out in the field at Skinwalker Ranch and places mm-hmm. like Skinwalker Ranch. What it you- all seems to be the same thing. And I think you bringing up parallel realities, again, it, it, I could be wrong, but I think the simplest explanation to say is if these parallel realities exist, when do they bleed through? It's when you start changing the structure of space-time with coherent matter. In a nutshell, that's what it is. And that's what my video I'm working on right now will be up in a few days. Is it? That's that's Well, first of all, I, I've been jotting notes on this side the whole time we've been yeah. talking because it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. And I think what's the, the coolest thing about it is you, you've got the science back and behind what all these experiments are. So let me ask you something real quick. And again, I, conscious of your time, but thank you so much. I appreciate you just, you know, taking, taking the time to talk to us. Um, Skinwalker Ranch, very good example. Um, other places in the world that we know uh, that has these weird anomalies, whether they're magnetic forces, whether they're, you know, mm-hmm. portals that people see, whatever have you. Wh- why there and why not? Is it because you think that they're playing with that? Or it's just geographically, there's something we said in the very beginning, yeah. you talked about, uh, math and uh, rivers flow and how things look and how are, are there, are they different things or they the same thing? What's your, what's your theory behind those? Well, it's a really good question. And it's something I think about every, I'm not day. sure why if it is get, or not. I'm just I'm throwing it out. No, there it is a good question. Why Skinwalker Ranch? Why Marley Woods in Missouri, mm-hmm. which had the same cryptids and balls of light and, exploded farm animals. I mean, all, all the whole range of things. I, gotta UFOs. Look that up. I have not heard of that story. I, I've got it. Yeah. That's a new yeah, one. Yeah. I look up Ted Phillips and Marley Woods and okay. I, one of these great talks he gave, I couldn't find it. I just found it on eBay. I bought, there was a, a, a fellow that knew Ted Phillips. Uh, if anyone knows it, I forget his last name start with an F Fiorini or something. And he mentioned this conference and I just found a copy on eBay of Ted Phillips lecture, but there are others online. There are other lectures by Ted Phillips. You can find it's the same thing as Skinwalker, if not even more, Hmm. you know, he called them ambers instead of orbs and they had weird space time effects, animals being transported. When I look into the history of ball lightning guys, even in these textbooks on ball lightning that are part of atmospheric studies, do you know what they talk about in there? No, animals no. and people being transported by ball lightning teleportation wow going back a hundred years it's in the textbook i think our mentality as modern people have pushed this away because we don't want to think about it because of the way we were brought up but if you have these russian researchers in their textbooks the ionosphere and the atmosphere with a whole section on ball lightning they go through every stretch effect of ball lightning it causes fear. It causes temporary magnetization. It causes teleportation. All these strange effects that we associate with the paranormal, if it's associated with ball lightning, it means that these are natural phenomena. Why do they occur at these places like Elbert County in Colorado, which isn't far from here, and up by the uh, Yakima Reservation in Washington? Oh, yeah. You said yeah. Yep. There are all these areas. Now, my best guess, and, and I'm happy for someone to say, Simeon, this doesn't make sense, but this is what I think it is. There has to be something about the crystals or the minerals in the soil that are conducive to coherent matter. We know that Skinwalker Ranch has a lot of gilsonite. Right. It was a mining yeah. area for gilsonite, mm-hmm. which was used as, I think, uh, was it an insulator in electronics? It's a carbon-based substance. Carbon is known to contribute to coherent matter. It has a lot of free electrons. It's very easy to tra- create charge clusters. 
when you have carbon-rich materials. Some of these other areas are also rich in quartz and other crystals. Those materials can act like waveguides, and there are like a hundred ways to create coherent matter. This is not hard. You can create it with cavitation equipment. You can create it with ultrasonic cleaners you can buy on Amazon, okay, for 30 bucks. What? Cavitation creates charge clusters. Do you ever use one of those uh, cavitating types of mouth rinsers that's made by Philips or other companies? I, I, I know what you're talking that, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That creates a jet of water in your mouth. That's mm-hmm. being created by cavitation. Okay. So those sorts of processes are known uh. to create micro ball lightning. Now, you create ball lightning every time you walk across a rug. I, I, I saw it recently underneath the covers at night. I saw these little sparks. That is very short-lived ball lightning. It, it's really short-lived. It doesn't do anything. If you had the right equipment, you'd get some static for a second. Mm-hmm. But if you can sustain that somehow, it goes on to create more coherent matter. It just becomes this self-catalyzing feedback loop. And eventually you end up with these or long lasting orbs that can last anywhere from five seconds to a couple of minutes. I've seen it over in the UK. Mm-hmm. These cryptids and other life forms, because it seems that there's something interdimensional going on with orbs and ball lightning at a minimum, it's a quantum object. Mm-hmm. It seems that things are able to tunnel through that orb or connect themselves because I have heard about these cases of people going out to look for Bigfoot and seeing orbs. Instead, right, right. I've said, yeah, I've you've heard of Bigfoot yep. coming out of orbs. It doesn't. It, it's my academic mind has a trouble with this. But when you finally accept that the witnesses are telling the truth, and you hear this too many times, eventually you say, "What? This has to be because they're related to orbs. They're related to that state of matter. It's this type of state of matter which is very transformative, and it's our ego that thinks we're the most advanced life form on the planet. You know, if you have, if you have ocean-going creatures that can become invisible, like the glass frog or cuttlefish or octopus, that can instantly change to match their background. Why wouldn't there be things on land that can do that, but just use other types of principles? Maybe not chemistry, maybe quantum mechanics. Yeah, it's the same principles. And yeah. they're, they're able to you know, create this. I mean, you already have these uh, these organisms in the ocean that can instantly become invisible or do a pretty good job of blending in. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would it be surprising that Life always finds a way to use whatever exists in the universe. It's very competitive and, and organisms will do anything they can to gain an advantage in survival. their environment. Right, right. Right. And survival. I think it's really hard for our ego to accept when you go out there in the woods or even in suburbs. I mean, just outside your door in a lot of places, there could be invisible types of life out there that are sort of mammalian related, but they don't want to show you what they've got. They prefer that you be in the position where you're always visible and they're not. And if right. you and I could do that, wouldn't we be doing that? Yeah. If, if it, oh my we God. could get away with it too, I think of the yeah. advantages in survival. So I think it's going to be very challenging for our society, except there is invisible life forms <laughs> out there that are using these principles. I think you can see where I'm coming mm-hmm. from. That, is that, our no, mindset yeah. doesn't allow for Absolutely. there to be more advanced life on the planet. I'm not saying they're better at math than we are mm-hmm. or engineering, mm-hmm. but in survival skills, street valuable survival right. skills, right. they've got it down. They can shift. They can morph. You hear reports of these Bigfoot turning into boulders and tree stumps. 
I mean, they're not like 100% convincing tree stumps, but they're pretty good. Hmm. Bushes, they can look like a bush. I don't think it's just that they're really good at staying still for a second and <laughs> pretend. I think they can actually. Marco Polo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they do things like other animals where they instantly sort of adopt the material properties of their environment and are able to blend in. And this is why they're very hard to find when they don't want to be found. And even maybe mm-hmm. th- that's just in our reality. They seem to be able to switch into other parallel realities, too. But when they're in our reality, they seem yeah. to be they can look like saran wrap. Well, I know it, it, it sounds does, crazy, it, but this, you hear police. No, I mean, I, talking. I, I, they I mean, look like a saran wrap moving across mm-hmm. the road or in the forest. You don't even know what I've you're seen looking those at. like encounters fields, you know, like uh, I've seen things and here. And we've said this before, Simeon is, you know, as smart as we think we are as mankind, we're dumb as a box of fucking rocks. I mean, yes, we have technology, but Hello. we are also the only species that will destroy our atmosphere, our environment to suit our own needs. We're just on the wrong end of nature. And we always have been. And and I, I never could figure right. out why, you know. Exactly. We're on the wrong end of nature. That's the biggest lesson here. Hmm. You could summarize this whole conversation we've had this evening. Going back to fractals, nature looks like fractals. It's pretty much branching, fractured things, whether it's trees or rivers or mountains or your bronchial structure mm-hmm. or cardiovascular system. It's this fractal thing that's always dividing. And we wanted it to be linear. And it didn't work out that way. It doesn't actually look that way. And I think that this is what it all comes out. We ended up on this side of a very mechanistic way. Mm -hmm. And our collective ego could not imagine that some other species, which is probably related to us on the evolutionary tree somewhere, they look like us in a lot of ways. Sure, sure. They're on two legs. They've got hair. They can, um, you know, they can make sounds. They can talk. They have their Mm -hmm. own language. Mm -hmm. People of Ron Moorhead recorded their Sierra sounds. I think I think Did I we- covered on that. I actually met Bob Giblin. Um, oh, you met Bob Giblin? Yeah, uh, yeah, and say and he talked about it. You know, of his experience decades later. You know, and, and you and again, if he's an actor, boy oh boy, you know, you yeah, can't Bob Giblin, uh, excellent witness there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what you said is true. We ended up on one side of nature, which is mechanistic. Mm-hmm. I love stuff just like anyone else. I love oh, being yeah. able to communicate like this. But right. look, maybe someone else out there went the other way. And they're working hmm. with the way nature works with charge clusters, naturally existing static energy. Mm-hmm. They could sustain it into some coherent matter. And all of a sudden they realized, whoa, we can levitate with this. We can be invisible mm-hmm. over many thousands of years. I, I think this we, direction. we went the other way. Yeah. And I think at probably one time thousands of years ago, whatever have you, when we are humankind and we invented knowledge and we have speech and I think we were on the pathway. I think we just got a skewed with, like you said, you keep bringing up ego. I think is a lot of that, you know, how we, you know, medieval times versus, and then the industrial age, and it just got worse and worse and worse. But in a weird way, you know, for us, it's like, no, wait a minute. We're in a better place. Are we in a better place? I don't, you know, are we in a better place? Yeah. Yeah. It's the big question, isn't it? Hmm. Are we in a better place? Because now when you look around, it almost seems like we're in this hamster wheel that you can't get off of. You right. got to keep right. moving the hamster yeah, yeah, wheel. Yeah, for sure. You know, in this oh, economy, amazing. we can't stop. None of us can stop because we all have, we survive in the system. <sighs> and it's, yeah. again, yep. Yeah, you need yeah, a paycheck, no, no, right? I think that's it. 
Yeah, I mean, God, yeah, you know, we need we need a paycheck so we can buy a laptop so we can talk to people like you. So yeah, it, yeah, it's, we it's all a, have to be in this system, and it's, it's almost like we can't get out of it. And yeah. maybe these another species went the other direction; they just wanted to be harmonious. Yep, work with nature. I'm not saying it's better, but it's the direction they mm-hmm. went in, and mm-hmm. it allows them to be mm-hmm. more resilient in some ways because they can live right off the land. They don't need houses yeah. or cars. Yeah. They seem to be pretty good at keeping up with people's cars on the highway. If you read about some of these accounts, right? Uh, yeah, no, that like they the, get ticked off at you. They can go at highway speeds, uh, mm-hmm. even here up to eighty miles an hour. Yeah. They're running yeah. alongside your car, trying to open the door. Well, we so we uh, you know, obviously <laughs> we have guests on all the time. But we had a one yeah. on um, Tobias Weilin, uh, Weilin, him and his wife do the uh, singular fatorian of. Uh, Fortean Fortean Society, and then we also have Lon Strickler on, and and he's oh Lon, you know, yeah, yeah, oh my god, and he was like these wing cryptids. It it it's a thing. It's a thing that has listen. It's crazy. I was talking with a friend in Alabama. I interviewed her and her husband Noel and Jules. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. on my YouTube channel. He went out of his trailer one time. I'm just mentioning this because Lon made it click for me. Mm-hmm. He said he went out. There were this flashing lights at the bottom of the property. He went out there with a gun, his rifle. There was something out there that was pretty tall that was making communicating and clicking sounds, chirping and clicking sounds. Hmm. And they looked humanoid, but they were getting closer and closer to him. And all of a sudden he's missing some time. He just felt like I need to get out of here. I don't know what these things are, but they're kind of honing in on my position and they're communicating through clicks and chirps. What did Lon Strickland say about those mothmen around Chicago? Oh, oh, yeah, he was talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Chirps, yeah. chirps and yeah. clicks. Now, crazy. I don't know. Maybe it's totally different, but it's awfully a coincidence that I know these people pretty well and they experience something on the mm-hmm. land, this flashing light. There's nothing down there. It's a swamp and they, something's walking around two legs and the guy runs, tries to run back, misses some time, comes back and just remembers the chirping, clicking. Sound. That's what Lon is talking about. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just, I just think fascinating. Fascinating. It is really fascinating yeah. stuff. And I think this is, you know, a good place to, to end our interview. We can mm-hmm. we can talk another time. Oh, absolutely. But I think this is all pretty this is pretty big stuff to realize how wrong we were in our sense of knowledge. It wasn't that we were wrong. It was limited. There's a mm-hmm. lot more going on. Mm-hmm. People are experiencing it. Your friends. Like you said, bigger like, picture. Right? Like science. Bigger picture. It needs to be Cryptids, bigger. Yep. Interdimensional yep. creatures, things mm-hmm. that walk through walls. I have talked to people that have seen what look like ordinary animals walking through the walls during dinner time. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the family saw it. God, I cry. Well, and, and Let again. alone UFOs and ETs. It's it's just a bigger <laughs> thing. But the positive Crazy. side to all this is yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun mm-hmm. in the next decade or 20 years or longer realizing what all of and this is. We are we are We're on board. I gotta, mean, yeah, yeah, we are on board we for should it. Go back to the way nature really works. Mm-hmm. Stop fighting nature. Let's just work with the energies that are already there. So Tesla was talking about. Maybe it is too cheap to meter, but we'll find another way to keep our economy going. It's not the end of things. It's this would eliminate scarcity in my view. If you can have these types of life forms living directly off of the natural energies and materials that are out there, we could learn a lot from them. And mm-hmm. I, I think we should have a, har- a better relationship with them rather than always being so hostile. They, they attack us. People shoot back at them. I think, I think we should have a healthier relationship. In fact, I have a, I have a petition on change.org. If you go to protect Bigfoot, just to give Bigfoot some sort of federal recognition. Oh, really? Okay. Change.org awesome. slash protect Bigfoot. It's just for the sake 
why don't we just recognize like some of the national forest services have done and uh, where they have a reporting form within the forest service, that branch, like a Mount Hood mm-hmm. national, mm-hmm. they have a reporting form. Uh, yeah. Other places have had this. Why don't we just, okay, guys, just admit this is real. Stop pretending it's a bear. <laughs> Knock off it's the not a weather ship. balloon. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really exists. I yeah. don't I know they're hard to find. It's near impossible if they don't want to show up. Occasionally people run into them, but Really, why don't we just find out what's going on here and stop pretending that this is just a fiction? Because it's just, it's silly. Guys. It's easier, silly. easier said than done. I'm 100% with you, 100% with you. But, you know, it's, and you know as well as we do, a lot more than we do. It, it's easier said than done. You know, it, it is just, it's a tough, it's going to be a tough road to travel for sure. But, you know, and, and again, we're, we're on board for it. You know, I, I will say, and, and number one, thank you. I, I know you're up for time. We'll, we'll let you go. Um, yeah, no, thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the, I, I this really is, this. Oh, it's been phenomenal. It's just been a, 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 a way to paint this perspective a lot better and differently, I think, than we have guests in the past. Not saying they haven't been fantastic, but but you put a lot out there. It, it's just been – I got to listen back to it to kind of absorb some <laughs> – Somewhat you. I know it's a lot, but without those guests that you're talking about, I wouldn't be here either because it's me listening to all those people for a couple decades thinking, how do we make sense of this? Mm -hmm. And you make sense of it realizing there's a bigger picture and that other people have been researching it and maybe the U.S. isn't in the lead. We always like to think we're the best at everything. Maybe someone else figured this out before we did. And yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, no, it's good stuff. And thanks, guys. No, no. people, people can go to my blog, New Crystal Mind. I'm happy to send people signed copies of. Opening Minds or Dark Matter Monsters or any of my books. Uh, uh, what's that website again? Newcrystalmind.com. That's my blog. And I pinned to the Fantastic. top of the blog a place for people who listen to podcasts like this mm-hmm. to get signed copies. You, you can get them on Amazon, but I'd rather sign them. I, You know just, what? You, I'm going to do that tonight. Uh, so, I, uh, yeah, fantastic. You will not be disappointed. All of this. I know this is a lot because it took me about a year to put it all together for this book, but it's, I explain it all in great detail what mm-hmm. coherent matter is, how it goes back to yeah, Nikola yeah. Tesla, and how a lot of contemporary researchers have talked about this. Somehow, miraculously, they've always been Fleischmann and Pons. They've always been attacked, <laughs> right? In your Salt Lake, they yeah. were driven out of your university there. Yeah, yeah. They were, and they uh, turned out frauds. to be right. Their stuff yeah. has been, re- you know, you know. Crazy. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. You can go to newcrystalmind.com. I actually yeah. to mountbaldy.com, correct, Simeon? That's my also. older website, and, and that's okay. a blog. And of course, my YouTube channel, just put my name in, and uh, I write, I put up videos about this all the time. I put up videos explaining the thinking behind, right. showing the evidence for this. Yes. So it's, uh, an, it's, it's incredibly challenging and incredibly rewarding. And and it's and yeah. people like you make it possible without podcasts like yours that talk about this. People like me would have nowhere to actually present this. So well, and by all oh, means, thanks. you know, we'll, we, yeah, that's awesome. And and we'll put all this in the show notes. We'll put your links in the show notes. Everybody, just for your that Simeon Hine S I M E O N H E I N. Find them, um, man. Your research, you, you in my, our behalf, you haven't wasted your time. It, it's been pretty phenomenal. Thank you. And, Thanks uh, very much. Wow, it's been a lot wow. of fun. Yeah. And let's talk, let's talk again sometime, guys. Okay. Absolutely. 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 Everybody, that was Simeon Hine. If you want to stay on, we'll just thank you real quick off air and uh, we'll go from there. Appreciate you being part of this.
Yeah, again, just amazing stuff. Amazing stuff altogether. Uh, you can find him. So his latest website is going to be newcrystalmind.com, newcrystalmind.com. Um, you can also follow him on Abouts and his books on mountbaldy.com, and Mount is actually spelled out, M-O-U-N-T-B-A-L-D-Y.com. Um you know, and honestly, we said this last podcast, but uh, his perspectives and his viewpoints, or maybe it's really how he articulates and puts things in a different, he just changes the tables. It, just enlightening, you know, out of just researching this field for years, um, hearing, having guests on. Uh, this is one that just, uh, kind of for the record books, you know, he did a very, very good job breaking things down. And uh, definitely going to be one to follow. Um, I've got a couple of his books on order already. And so hopefully you guys uh, you guys enjoy as much as, as we did. Um, we'd love to have him back. You know, give us your feedback. You can write us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. Call us at 801-252-6945. Or um, you can go ahead and follow us on all podcast platforms. Uh, you can find our socials on Facebook. You can find our socials on Twitter, uh, Strange Uncles Twitter. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll kind of get back. We'll have new episodes for you guys. But like I said earlier, um, I've got a baby thing. And so, you know, life is going to go on pause for a bit. So hopefully you guys don't mind. We'll try to throw some uh, bucket, uh, bucket shows out there for you. And meanwhile, take care. Stay weird. Close gates.